This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, running 15 minutes behind schedule, but that's me. Story of my life. Technical difficulties kept me from reaching you at 9. So here it is, 9.15 by me, maybe noon by you, maybe a 10.15 or 11.15, depending where you are. But we are here live, live for you, for your pets. Uh, so you can get a hold of me, ask me questions, pick my brain. There's still something left of it. Take advantage of that. Who knows what's going to happen in a couple of years from now. Um, so anyway, you can reach me uh, either 877-385-8882. Once again, toll free, no excuse. 877-385-8882, or better yet, you go on to Pet Life Radio, click on the shows, look for Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, click on our show, and there will be scroll down, and in the big box, you're going to see a link to a pretty good-sized link to a Zoom meeting. Go ahead, join us on Zoom the best way, because you can have your pet with you. I want to see him or her, and um, we can talk, and um, as I say, this is the future anyway. This is where veterinary medicine is going like human medicine. It's all about convenience. Convenience, it's a, about getting answers, getting quick, talking to a real live veterinarian, telemedicine. So this is this is good practice for you. So um, anyway, as you know, those of you who like listening to our show, that we like to start with just some news as I peruse the news in the veterinary world through the American Vet Med Association Smart Brief, through the American Animal Hospital Association uh, News Stat, and just kind of let you know what's going on out there because, um, hey, I like it because that's how I find out what's going on out there. So first of all, this is very interesting, and I, I will tell you it is it is long overdue. El Paso, Texas, uh, their council now requires, and get this, because this is, we hear a lot of stories, and I'm sure you have too, that pet groomers now have to be trained and certified and licensed through their state, through Texas. They have to keep detailed records. They have to report all injuries and deaths. I'll have to get there in a minute and ensure that owners can actually see their pets while they're being groomed. In other words, you can't take them to the back, hook them up to that grooming table and leave them to go have a smoke and have the dog choke himself to death because he tried to jump off the table. You think, oh my God, that's impossible. No, that's happened. Or how about this? How about leaving an animal in a dryer, a cage dryer, and then going to pick up your kid from school? Ah, oh, that's a good one. Guess what? Animal died. So these are the stories we hear. And I think that this is a huge, huge, big plus. I think more states need to follow suit on this. Groomers, prove that you have some training. Did you take a course in grooming? Do you know what you're doing? Do you know how to handle the animals? Do you know about cage dryers? Do you know what what to do, how long to keep them? Do you know about the tables and how to hook them up? I mean, there are things that you think you know, and that's the most dangerous thing in the world, not to know it, but to think you know it. And um, uh, as I said, it's important to know what you know. In my opinion, it's more important to know what you don't know. But the most important thing is, dangerous thing really, is to not know what you don't know. So um, that's a problem. So anyway, it's about time. And hats off to El Paso, Texas. And I would like to see more cities, more municipalities adopt this type of licensing procedure. Another food recall. Oh my God, how surprising. It's natural brand and it is a recall for salmonella. Only two bag sizes had it. They uh, tested it and in, in just one state, it was in Georgia. And anyway, so just keep that in mind. Raw diets can 
be a problem. And even, even by the way, some prepared foods. See what, what food companies are doing. They are testing batches, but early in the stage. And then they go through the process. And from the process, they go straight into the bags. But no one is testing the final product. I wouldn't say no one. Many are not testing the final product. And that's a, a problem. If you live in Tucson, Arizona, or you know somebody who lives in Tucson, Arizona, hats off to you because that is just, was just chosen as the friendliest dog city in the United States. It, next up was Las Vegas, Nevada. And third place was Madison, Wisconsin. And what criteria? Come on, how do you figure out? And that's why I said, wait a second, I live in LA. I think LA is a pretty friendly city, dog friendly. I mean, we have a lot of you know, dog parks and doggy daycares, and, and we have um, a lot of restaurants that are, allowed, that are dog friendly. How come we're not the friendliest city? So here are the criteria. And as soon as I read the criteria, I said, okay, I got it. I know why LA is not there. All right, number one. So it's based on the number of vet clinics and hospitals and pet stores, all right, in the, um, at what their concentration is. It's also the number of dog parks per 100,000 residents. It is walkability, how easy it is to walk your dog around. Like if you live in a super, super hilly area, you may not qualify. The number of dog-friendly restaurants, so we have a lot of those in LA. The average days, all right, of rain, because if there's too much precipitation where you're not going to get out there with your pets, then it may not be so dog-friendly after all. And that's obviously out of anyone's control. I guess what eliminated LA, and here it is, the median home value. Now, let me tell you something about LA. I love it, right? And you're a, a starter home. It depends where you want to live. But if you're on the west side where I am, a starter home, we're talking a quaint little, maybe 15, 1600 square foot home. You can't get into one of those for less than a million and a half. I have friends whose kids move to many other places in the country really nice areas like outside of Dallas, Dallas suburbs, or uh, Tennessee, New Jersey. Um, there are some places where they have really high-end locations where you can buy a 5,000-square-foot home with four or five bedrooms and five bathrooms and whatever, right? And a nice big backyard for $500,000, $700,000. And um, boy, uh, you get a, in LA, that would be $4 million. It's insane. That's why we're losing a lot of young people because they just can't afford to live here. So uh, anyway, I think that's why LA was eliminated from the, the, the running here of Friendliest Dog City. We cannot. Our median home value is insane. So pet owners, and this may apply to some, many of you. So this is important to hear. That, so what happens because of COVID, a lot of veterinary hospitals are changing their way of seeing patients. First of all, some of them are only doing curbside. Unfortunately, they're doing it the wrong way because they're not using telemedicine. It doesn't even have to be my platform, AirVet but just telemedicine in general. So what happens? The nurse comes out and picks the threat and brings them into the, the hospital. And then they're running back and forth because they have questions. The owner is filling something out. What's the problem? What they can do? And it, you realize that you can't have that kind of interaction. That's insane. So instead of seeing four appointments or three appointments an hour, they're seeing one or two. And so there is a backlog. I have spoken to people that call the vet on air vet. And they, I say, you know, you need to see your vet. We call them. They can't see us for two weeks. How is that? That's insane. They're not taking walk-ins. They're not, they're not accommodating at all. And um, that is a problem to me. It's one thing we've made our adjustments. We can have people coming in if they choose. Everyone in our hospital is wearing masks. And there's only one. Well, we have our waiting room is divided into two. So one person per half waiting. Otherwise, you have to wait outside six feet apart. They're coming in. But we are by the fact that we have them coming in live and everybody in the hospital is masked 
and we're keeping it. And if you want to do curbside, do it the right way. Put them on a telemedicine platform where, where even though the pet's inside and even though the client's outside in their car, there is still that full FaceTime with the doctor while they're seeing your animal. And then you're not really taking much away. The conversations are going back and forth live, real time. So it, it's really part of the pun, but it's pissing me off. Anyway, so because they can't make appointments because they're overburdened at the pet hospitals, what they're doing is they're now trying to go to emergency clinics for urgent care. So first of all, now you're still going to wait because they're now getting overcrowded. And guess what? It's going to cost you two, three times as much to go to emergency. So I don't know why these, I mean, literally I've had clients tell me, not my clients, now they're my clients. They tell me that they called and they called the vet actually sent them to an emergency. And it wasn't even really that bad emergency. Just if you talk to me, all you guys need sometimes someone to talk to, help you through the problem. Many times you won't have to go into the vet at all. You get a good enough home suggestions to take care of you. And or if your own veterinarian was doing it, then your own veterinarian would be able, based on a, a live in person, not in person, but FaceTime type of conversation. It's real virtual medicine. They, because they have what's called a VCPR, a veterinary client patient relationship, they can then actually call into the pharmacy, the Walgreens, the CVS, whatever, and call in a prescription. So why they're not doing it is beyond my scope. I have no idea. And that's why, interestingly, and I think I mentioned this, a survey amongst millennials, 74% of millennials will switch from a hospital that does not offer telemedicine to one that does. Because guess what? They don't want to take this time. They don't want to wait. That's nonsense. They want it. They want answers. They want it now. And there's a very easy way to get it. So for those doctors that don't want to jump on board, it's their loss. And then I hear doctors complain they're not making enough money. Well, if you keep practicing like that, you're not going to make enough money. So interestingly, not that Corona has, well, as I said, as you know, I'm not happy about Corona, but man, has it done great for telemedicine. But also it's done great for parvovirus because of COVID-19, because people are not or can't go to the dog parks. They're not taking the dogs to doggy daycare. They're not, you know, going to the outdoor places. There, there's less now interaction dog to dog. And therefore, what we're seeing, we're seeing less parvo. So um, it's, not, it's not like I willed uh, coronavirus on anybody or any dog or, uh, as you know, dogs aren't really much affected. But anyway, that is interesting. And um, what did I want to say? Oh, we're going to talk about something after this spot. But um, this was really a cool story. There was a bull terrier that was shot in the chest. Who would shoot a bull terrier? Well, the bull terrier went to defend its owner and the gunman shot the dog, went right to the chest. Now, that is usually would mean a dead dog. This dog made it. They took it, this happened in Pennsylvania. They took it to University of Pennsylvania School of Veterinary Medicine, where they, listen to this, they had to go through, they did surgery. They had to repair the heart. That means it actually nicked the heart, lungs, of course, because to get to the heart, you got to go through the lungs, the diaphragm, because in order to get to the lungs and the chest, you got to go, it goes through the diaphragm, or it could have gone the other way, depending on the angle, and probably the angle, because it probably went to the chest first, the bullet penetrated the diaphragm into the liver, of course, that's right on the other side of the diaphragm, the stomach and spleen, which are right there on the left side. So this dog had major, major surgery. I don't know exactly if they removed the spleen, if they repair the spleen, if they removed the lobe of the liver, it doesn't go into detail. But all I know is this dog is alive. And he was given the Wodan Animal Hero Award by the Pennsylvania Veterinary Medical Association. And if I tell you so deservingly, 
I mean, that is really, really cool. So when we come back, um, what I wanted to do is it was a story I read and it resonates with me because of a case that I just had this past week. And that is what are we allowing our dogs to play with? Now, because of COVID, our dogs are spending a lot more time at home with us. We're there. We are not the ones that want to give the dogs the attention 24-7. We're not taking them out as much. We're not letting them go to doggy daycare. They're staying home. And therefore, they are playing with a lot of toys. We're giving them toys. And I'm realizing now, and I, I just had it happen in my practice with one of my patients, is that our dogs being allowed to chew on, to play with whatever the appropriate toys and things. So when we come back, we're going to go through a list of things that we typically give our dogs or allow them to play with. And I'm going to give you the precautions that are associated with many of these things that you may not even think of. So when we come back, don't go away. We're going to talk about dog safety, even cats too. Cat, of course, I got some things in there for cats as well, but very important stuff to hear. So when we come back, we're going to educate you a little bit to how to keep your dog safe with toys. Don't go away. Looking for a dental treat that does more for your dog? Daily Dose is a two-in-one chew that pairs a daily dental scrub with powerful supplements to help with the biggest health concerns facing our dogs. Daily Dose was developed by vets to be simple to use and super effective. Plus, dogs love the taste. Available for joint, skin, heart health, or calming. Daily Dose, your pet's daily dose of awesome. Visit yourpetsdailydose.com to save $3 on your first bag with promo code PETLIFE. That's yourpetsdailydose.com. Corpchuk, his coat is very thick. He's an Akita, German Shepherd, Lab, Husky mix. Harold, the Border Collie Pit mix, has the most beautiful jet black coat. Stuart, my rat carrier, has fur now where he never had it before. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite will give them a beautiful, lustrous coat. It will make you smile. You get some Dynavite, how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet and welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's. Ask the best for Dr. Jeff. And um, once again, if you have any, um, we'd love to hear some suggestions of things you'd like to hear about, talk about, learn about. A lot of things out there and a lot, and a lot of new things as well. So things change over the years. So you can always get a hold of me at drjeff, Dr. Jeff at petliferadio.com or follow me on Instagram at Dr. Jeff Werber. You can leave me a message and I will get back to you. Also, LinkedIn, all of the regulars, uh, Facebook. Um, you have a Facebook group. Welcome to join me, Dr. Jeff Weber Facebook group. So um, anyway, the goal is, I mentioned before the break, that we are playing with our dogs a lot more. We have a little more time, maybe a lot more time, depending on what you're doing. So what do you have? What are you thinking about when you have, like, especially when you have kids, and in my case, grandkids that have spent a lot of time at that, in our house with my 10 pets. And, um, and I, I say with my grandkids, it's actually having 14 pets. Some of the things like little toys, like they play with little balls. You don't think twice, but 
One of my dogs is a big yellow lab named Tommy. Of course, he sees a ball, he lights up. And so when you have those smaller balls, it is so easy for them to swallow. You don't want anything, even tennis balls, and he can fit four in his mouth at the same time. Even tennis balls or the smaller balls, those little rubber balls that come with toys, you need to be really, really careful. A lot of toys designed for kids are not appropriate for pets. One thing you dogs, I'm sure you've learned, like to play with, and they love the crinkle of it. It looks pretty safe. It really does. Empty water bottles. How many times do you give your dog a water bottle and they are in heaven? They love the sound, but guess what? They can break through those. And when they do, the edges are really sharp. And when they put it in their mouths, I mean, it, it's not going to make them bleed to death, but it's going to very likely cut into the mouth. And worse yet, if they swallow one of those sharp pieces, it goes into the esophagus. One of the worst places of the intestinal tract that you want to upset is the esophagus because to allow it to heal sometimes on its own, which sometimes we have to do, you're looking at bypassing the esophagus. So the only way to do that is putting in a stomach tube. And that is a surgery. That's a procedure and not easy. It's expensive. Or esophageal surgery, nobody wants to do. Why? Because with esophageal surgery, you have to go in and go through the chest to get uh, access it. So it is very, very dangerous, very challenging. And again, has to be done by a board-certified surgeon typically, and therefore very, very expensive. So anything that might cut an esophagus, you want to avoid. Now, grocery bags. How many times? I have cats, many of them, six. And when we empty out a plastic grocery bag, just like with kids, what do they say? You got to be careful because it's going to end up on their, over the mouth. I literally have cats that will run into a grocery bag. And then another cat comes by and wants to play. Before you know it, the bag somehow gets sealed or sat on, and we have disaster. So those also are very, very dangerous. Cardboard boxes, you think they're pretty safe. But again, those can be a problem because when they break them out, I have pictures of my cats. I, you know, I spend a lot of money on my animals, and, and I buy really cool beds. I have, I have a cushioned seat. It's like a, a breakfast table bench, but it's cushioned. And my cats love to be on it, right? So what I do is I have these really cool little softer cushions for the cats and a number of beds. So every cat has some place to lie down on that's super comfy if they want to. And I can open something, we get something from, you know, an Amazon or from Gilt, one of those places. And I take the box and I stick it on the kitchen table, the breakfast room table, because it's going to go outside. And meanwhile, it's just sitting there and I can walk in and there's my cats with six, seven beds to choose from. And where are they lying? Inside the cardboard box. So cardboard boxes are potentially a danger. Now, there are some things on a program. Now, because I have grandkids and I have two granddaughters, there are a lot of like cute little stuffed characters, stuffed animals. And not only have I found that dogs love to chew on this stuff, and then they get that filling. It looks kind of like cotton, but it's not. It's a synthetic. Oh, my God. All over the house. I just found out that two of my dogs now think that really cool cushioned beds are a chew toy because to them, it's just an overgrown stuffed animal. And they're now eating into those. And I'm finding that stuff all over the place, the cotton stuffing, very, very frustrating. Anyway, so that's one of the hazards. You know, the other hazard is a lot of these stuffed toys, especially if it's like a stuffed animal, their nose is a hard plastic and the eyes are plastic. Guess what? They chew those out in a heartbeat and they swallow those. So now you have another danger of swallowing this plastic. Usually, it will go through the system, depending on the size. But if it's big, it may cause a problem getting through the 
cecocolic junction, which is a very narrow area. And a lot of times when we get obstructions, it happens right there. So the choking hazard is a concern because if they, if they don't swallow it and it gets stuck somewhere, then of course it's a problem as well. So be careful with it. At night, I have to take all the stuffed animals that they're on, you know, kind of on decorations on one of the kids' beds and we have to remove it. Got to put them up high because for the, talk about a kid in a candy store when a dog walks in a room and sees four of them sitting on a bed. He's like, oh God, this is great. I'm going to have so much fun tonight. So you got to be careful. Now, how about games that you play with your dog? Um, oh, other things for cats. Yarn. You get classic cats like yarn. They really do. You know what? Cats also, if you tear off a fairly long piece of dental floss, all right? So what do you do when you're done? You don't wash it and reuse it. You throw it in the garbage. So cats will get into garbages and they'll start chewing on things like that. And we will have what's called a string foreign body if the piece is long enough. It's a problem. What happens is it sort of wraps on the base of the tongue and then the rest of it goes in and then it starts the intestine starts accordion like an accordion and causes a big problem. And then that thin yarn or dental floss becomes like piano wire and it literally is cutting the intestine. So that's dangerous. Tug of war. Tug of war is a lot of fun. Some of the dogs like it, but from a behavior standpoint, it does, it has two issues. Number one, because you like to play rough with tug of war, sometimes you wrestle with your dog. Believe it or not, that can, dogs can become aggressive from that because they think that's play. They think it's part of the game. And so it's a problem. And also, one of the other things that I worry me about tug of war, when you have any toy or game that you play with your dog, it's not you set them aside and they play them themselves, but you're playing with them. And then, if you leave it out and you're gone, and then that dog sees that toy, so what's happening is they think of you. So if you even had a dog that's not really to suffer from separation anxiety, but then all of a sudden they see this, you are going to create a monster. And so it's very important when it comes to the tennis balls where you play fetch, when it comes to the toys, the ropes, or the, the big toys that you play tug of war with, or anything that might remind your pet of you, if you're going to leave, especially a young dog that is now becoming more and more accustomed to being alone, you need to remove those toys from his sight. Because if they see them, you're already gone. They're looking, they're bored, they're looking for things to do. And all of a sudden they see the tug of war toy or they see the ball they usually play fetch with. And you're going to basically enhance potential for separation anxiety. So that is a problem. So also when it comes to cats, a lot of times this is also crazy. And we do, we all do it. I do it. All right. So sometimes cats like to bat with their hands. So what do you do? You, you like box with them and you get them going and you, and you know, like how many times have you rubbing cat? You can, they love being stroked on the back. What do they do when they're rolled over on their back and you start petting them in their stomach? Well, they come up all four feet and they come up in a ball and they start grabbing you and like this. Now, yes, it's cute. It's adorable. My cats love it. But what, do you know what they also do? Once they got your hand with all four feet, what do they start doing? They start biting. And, you know, when, at what point do they not realize the difference between play biting, where they're not going to really crunch, and sometimes really biting hard? And that type of play encourages them to bite. And, you know, I've been there, done that. I do it with my cats all the time. Most of my cats are really pretty good, and they know when to stop. If not, I remind them when to stop. So these are things that we sort of, in a sense, we don't realize at the time, but we're encouraging this biting behavior. 
So when it comes to cats, be careful about that. But I, I'd say it is fun. It's really cute, huh? When they do it. But you know, the backstroke, they love, 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 get them on the belly, different animal. All right. Anyway, that's all we have time for today. Uh, sorry for keeping you 15 minutes longer, but remember, I, I, I let you start 15 minutes later. Uh, hopefully next week, same time, same time. Well, the, the regular time, 9 a.m. in the West, noon back East. And uh, if there's any subject you'd like me to uh, talk about, please send me a note. Uh, once again, follow me on Instagram at Dr. Jeff Werber. Send me a note to drjeff at petliferadio.com or download AirVet. You could put Jeff's Telehospital, just J-E-F-F apostrophe S, as your primary, and then I become your primary doc on telemedicine. And uh, unless, of course, your vet is on some telemedicine platform, but use it and make sure they're using it properly. Sometimes they just use it just for their in-office hours. That's defeating the purpose. I mean, it's good. It's better than nothing. Um, but we, we're real, where I really see it's the problem, it's on the weekends. It's on the in, in the evenings when they're closed, where instead of sending you to the emergency clinic where you get to spend a fortune and enjoy, or, and, and guess what? Most of those weren't even emergencies. Or go ahead and reach a vet real-time, live, on AirVet. That's the way to go. So um, we will see you. Next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Have a great week, everybody. Stay safe. Uh, keep your pet safe. Hope you learned something today about that pet safety. And uh, we'll see you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>